Burns and Gambo. Afternoons on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Five o'clock hour of the Burns and Gambo show. We're live from the auction community studios. I'm almost afraid to ask Gambo, have you seen the Diamondbacks news that came down in the last couple of minutes? Yeah, Stone Gary. I, 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 I'm a little disappointed. I'm not going to lie to you. The Diamondbacks just designated four players for assignment, including outfielder Stone the Garrett. One right-handed <laughs> hitter they had in the outfield. No, I know they had one. I mean, the others. And George, he could hit. He, like, could, he hit. could hit. He was. He was like. It was like I was having Reggie Sanders flashbacks every time he would swing a bat. I'm like, dude, it's like I'm looking at Reggie Sanders. And he could be. And he could DH. Yeah. They, uh, they announced. Yeah, I'm, gonna have to get, I'm gonna find out. I'm gonna try to get to the bottom of that one. I'll have answers tomorrow. They announced a bunch of moves today. None of them like hugely significant additions to the 40 man departures from the 40 man. The the guys who are off the 40 man, Sergio Alcantara. Caleb Smith, Jordan Luplo, and Stone Garrett, and we were and Gambo's working from home today. But we were Mitch and I were talking about. It. We're like, no, not Stone Garrett. I liked him. I liked right. that dude. I liked watching him play. So me too. Yeah, get to the bottom of that. Find out what's going on there. I will. I mean, I did. I, I liked. I, I liked Stone Garrett. Makes no sense to me. Yeah, that one. That one was a surprise to say the least. Anyway, that's the that's the news coming out of the Arizona Diamondbacks. Nothing major. Nothing hugely like earth shattering when it comes to the roster but a name that was kind of uh, popular. You know, he was, he was a player who was kind of got a little niche with some of the Diamondbacks Let, Let's put it this way. They brought up Seth Beer, and he sucked. And they kept giving him opportunities to hit, and he couldn't hit. And then they finally said, okay, let's see what Stone Garrett could do because he's mashing in the minors. They brought him up, and he played well. He played well. And, and he and, played well. And there were times where, like, more him. Let us see more of him, please. We, can we get another just, game listen, or two? As a fifth outfielder who could DH for you from the right-handed side, and he doesn't cost you much money, I you know, I, I liked him. I absolutely liked him. I did too. So we'll find out. I, I know um, Mike Hazen is meeting with the media in about a half hour. Uh, Gambo's going to do the Gambo thing, see what's really going on here. So we'll we'll get an idea of what happened with Stone Care. All right, let's talk about the Suns, who closed out their road trip in disappointing fashion last night. And I, and I don't know what was more disappointing about it, the fact that they went 1-3 and three on the trip or the fact that they had a 13-point lead last night with about eight minutes to go. I, I thought, honestly, up until the last eight minutes of that game, I thought they were playing some of the best basketball of the season against the Miami Heat. I, I was all ready to come in here and say, man, that might have been the best win of the year for the Suns early on this season with how well they were playing against Miami on the road. And then it all crumbled apart, I, I think, a lot of it. I know everyone, Gambo's talking about the free throw discrepancy. Man, a lot of it had to do with the fact that it was all Devin Booker, nothing but Devin Booker, and he had no help last night in that fourth no. quarter. No, you, you you're up ninety one eighty four, and 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 here like let, let's just cut to the chase here, okay? Here's your starting lineup in the fourth quarter. Not the, here's your starting lineup: Dwayne Washington, Bismack Biyombo, Tory Craig, Damian Lee, and Book. Okay. Like, I, nothing against these guys. Washington had a good game. I like Biz as a third center. Torrey's top. Lee's been better than I expected. But that's that, that's a tough lineup. Book makes a jumper. Book hits a mid-range jumper. You got a three-pointer out of Lee. Book blocks a shot by Martin. You know, Lee hits a pull-up jumper. Craig follows a myth, missed and puts it back. So there was some baskets by other guys. But as they got – now, after the 9 nothing run – 
by the Suns that put them up by 13. That's when everything started to get tight because they start, Miami started to play some great defense, defense. And then Payne missed a shot. And then DA missed a shot. Then Payne missed another shot. Then Payne missed another shot. Then I could probably say Payne missed another shot for the next three minutes. You can say it six and, times if you wanted to because he missed yeah. six of the seven he took in the fourth quarter if that's where yeah. you want to go with now, that. So it's not like there wasn't anybody willing to step up and help book. It was that the guy that did try to step up failed. Yes. That's, that, right? I mean, that's a fair way to put it. That's a fair it's way of like, putting it. It's not like nobody wanted to step up and help book. It's not like, oh my God, every time we get the ball, let's give it to book because we're, uh, we're nervous. No, campaign tried to take some of the load off book. He just missed almost every shot that he took. Yeah, and, and there were a couple of guys, to your point, that you could look at their numbers and say they didn't really try to step up and help book. And I'm talking Mikhail. about Mikel and DeAndre Ayton, who combined went 0 for 2 in the fourth quarter of that game. Mikel missed the only shot he took. Ayton missed the only shot he took. And and that look, we we like Mikel. We like Ayton. We're not trying to like bury them or, or for how they played last night or what happened. But those are the two guys that when we frequently talk about who's going to step up and help book out with no Chris Paul, with no Cam Johnson, those are the two guys. I mean, those are the two guys who are being paid to do it, right? I mean, that's that's they're, they're two of the most expensive players on the team, and with that kind of comes the burden of proof and responsibility. For them to only combine to take two shots and miss both of them while Cameron Payne, and look, Cameron Payne's been a nice surprise this year. He's played well. But for him to go one for seven, it's it's just, you, I, I'd, I'd rather go down with Mikel Bridges taking seven shots in the fourth quarter, you know? I'd rather go down with DeAndre Ayton taking seven shots in the fourth quarter. Not campaign. It's just that that's just not how I wanted any of that to play out late in that game yesterday. Right. And it just, it did. And the, it wasn't the, just the missed shots. It was offensive foul by Booker. 24 second shot clock violation. It was one sequence where three guys all took shots, not named Devin Booker, and they all missed it. Miami rebounds that rebounded the ball then and then scored. Um, there was fouling Bam out of bio several times and putting him on the free throw line. It was, uh, you know, Payne had his shot blocked by Martin. So it's just overall, I thought there was, Mikhail had a big turnover that led to a fast break dunk by Struess. Yep. Uh, from Struess to Bam. It was Struess to Bam, fast break dunk. You know, that was that was a, a bad turnover. So I just think there was some sloppy play. They just didn't take care of the basketball. And they, uh, you know, they and more importantly, right, they just didn't get the stops. Like every I'm just looking at my notes here from the game. It's just like, man, they couldn't get a stop. Every time Miami got the ball down the stretch, they were able to score. All right. So let's talk about the overall state then of this team after this one and three road trip, because you look at the trip. All right. It was a six point game in Philly, but Philly ended up winning by 12. They won a really nice game in Minnesota against a, a Timberwolves team that just seems to be coming apart at the seams. Got humiliated against the Orlando Magic. Good young team, but they weren't playing their best young player in that game. And then they lose last night. Has this four-game road trip, what has it told us about the current state of the Suns right now today? That that there is a, a limit to how many guys can go down before the depth is not able to help them. There's a uh, limit. And they've reached it. Nothing more. Nothing yeah. more. They're a good basketball team when everybody's healthy, but with no Chris Paul and no Cam Johnson and no replacement for Jay Crowder. And 
No Landry uh, Shamit who missed Landry his last Shammett, games. There's, yep. a, there's a limit. There's a limit to how deep they can go and still, you know, be a dominant team. They're an, they're a decent team now without those guys. The main reason why is they still got Book and they still got McHale. Um, and some of their depth is still pr- pretty good. Torrey's a good player in this league. Landell's a good player in this league. Campaign. But there is a limit. At, when you look at the Suns as one of the elite teams in the league, there is a limit to how many guys can go down. Uh, and they, they continue to have that status. Right now, they don't have that status with the roster that they have. They need to get those guys back. Yeah, that that was probably my number one takeaway, too, from the trip as a whole, is that they they reached their limit. They, they, they got to the point where where they they could no longer endure the number of guys they didn't have. Now, do they get Chris back for tomorrow night? I don't know, Landry's already been ruled out for tomorrow. The Jay Crowder trade, we're still all waiting on that. We talked a little bit yesterday, for those who didn't listen, about rumors over the weekend of Max Struess, which seems highly Highly unlikely. Another fresh round of Grace and Allen rumors from over the weekend, but we're still very much in kind of wait and see mode when it comes to Jay Crowder. I don't know how many more games of this. I, I they, they need to start getting some of these guys back because I think you're right. I, I think on a nightly basis, they just don't have enough right now when they're down this many guys. I, I just right. they, they just don't, and that's probably the number one takeaway from the whole trip. It's, it's yeah, it becomes a you get to the point where it's just too much to overcome. Yep. That, that's my take. They, yep. they, they, they could look. They're gonna have to get through without Cam Johnson for two months. We we all know this, right? But by the time Cam Johnson comes back, he's gonna have a new teammate from a Jay Crowder trade. Yes, he is. He's gonna have a new teammate. Chris Paul's gonna come back soon. Landry Shamit's gonna come back soon. Cam's two months away, but when he comes back, there will also be a new teammate there because by that time they will have traded, traded Jay Crowder. So I like like they're fine. They're fine. They're just right now. They're going through a tough time trying to win basketball games. You know, without some of their key players. Innings Festival is back. The two-day music festival featuring Green Day, Eddie Vedder, Weezer, The Offspring, and so much more returns to Tempe Beach Park on February 25th and 26th. Tickets just went on sale. You can head to the contest page at ArizonaSports.com for complete details and your chance to win tickets. When we come back, are the Cardinals close to getting a key reinforcement? Enforcement back, one that could elevate the offense a little bit more. We'll tell you next on the Burns and Gambo Show. Burns and Gambo, Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Hollywood Brown getting close. Yeah, I think he's getting to the point where it's going to be day-to-day. Uh, he's come a long way in a short time, and I'm not sure if he'll make it this week, but uh, hopefully sooner rather than later. Um, if not, we'll give him to the bye, and then I would expect those last five to be ready to go. The problem here, Gambo, is the timing kind of stinks on this one, because if it's not going to be this week, I don't want to assume the Cardinals are losing to the Niners. That's not fair. I wouldn't do that, but this is like it was last week against L.A. This is kind of it for the Cardinals. They lose this one, and it doesn't matter necessarily when Hollywood Brown comes back because it just doesn't seem like there's going to be a playoff chase to fight for, right? I mean, you'd, you'd like to get him back for your most meaningful games. If they lose this one to San Francisco, as far as the playoffs go, there doesn't seem like there's going to be a lot of meaningful games left for the Cardinals to play. No, no. I, I, you want him back. 
But I think the, 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 do you need him back? You'd like to have him. But with the way with Hopkins back, with Rondale Moore playing well, I, I guess you would want him back for the simple reason is that you lost Zach Ertz. Yep. So if you said who are your top three guys catching the ball, Ertz would be in your top three. Now, without him... Like we said, I, I ended the show yesterday with my take is that this is the time. This is the moment for Trey McBride. This is the time and the moment for him to step up and deliver. Because with Zach Ertz out, with Hollywood Brown not back yet, they're going to need somebody else to take the pressure off of Hopkins and Moore and be that, that, that target, that big target in the middle of the field for whoever the quarterback is. We haven't seen a lot of Trey McBride this year. It's been kind of a disappointment. But I do believe the kid is extremely talented and he'll, he'll probably end up paying Handing out just like you know Isaiah Simmons and Myjai um, uh, uh, Sanders and Zayvon Collins. Just going to take him a while to get there. He's going to take the long scenic route to get there, as opposed to the direct route, right? It just seems, man. It just seems that way, doesn't it? Yeah, it does. That, that a lot of these rookies, they just for some reason or another, they they take a little bit longer to develop here than they do everywhere else. Yeah, I mean, maybe it's the soil. Like it takes a little while. I don't know. <laughs> it's the, the soil in the ground, something in the air, or it's the something in the air. Yeah, or, who who knows the, the amount of water they're getting or something? Why do these plants not grow so well here in Arizona? <laughs> so soil. Oh, maybe it's because it's you know the Sonoran freaking desert. And that's why things don't grow super well in the Sonoran freaking it gets desert. Too hot, and then it gets too cold. And, uh, <laughs> It's tough, man. You, the plants are all the same. You got to be a same. hardy plant if you're going to grow in Arizona. You got to be tough yeah. if you're going to grow. So like, I tell people, what, what, do you, what can you tell about? Like, take a look at a plant now. It's going to look the same for the for the next twelve months. It doesn't change. <laughs> but it'll look the same. That plant that you're looking at right now, that'll look the same all year long. Yeah. Um, look, I, I don't want to make it sound like it. It doesn't. I'd like to get him back as soon as possible, obviously. And I think you're right. The Zach Ertz thing is is in part driving the urgency of this because you don't have him. You're not going to have him. He's, you know, in terms of targets and receptions, I believe he's the leader on the team in terms of targets and receptions. I also think he's the leader in receiving touchdowns. So you're you're gonna you're gonna miss that guy more than that too. I mean that that's a big part of it. I just I want to see. D-Hop, Hollywood, Brown, and Rondell Moore. You know, I feel like that's what, not that anybody broke a promise to me, but I kind of feel like that's what I was promised. You know, like I, well, I was, I was I told those three another, guys were going to play together, and I want to see those three guys play together, you know? I think there's another issue here that, you know, would be good to get him back for. And that's just simply, you got to make a decision on what his value Hell is yeah. to resign him. Uh-huh. And... In a limited sample size, I was impressed. In a limited sample size, he played in six games out of 17 so far. Six out of 17. Now, in those six games, he had 43 catches for 485 yards. He had three touchdowns. He had a huge game against the Rams for 140 yards in a loss. He had 88 yards with um, with six catches against Carolina. He had eight catches against Philly. Like, I think he was good. Is it enough? Like, did you see enough? He's 25 years old, and you traded a first-round pick. I would assume you're going to resign him. The question is, financially, what is he worth having only seen him for six games? Would he, is he worth, if he doesn't play again, is he worth the same amount of money had he played a full 17-game season and had 1,400 yards receiving? I don't know. That's and and you're probably not. You're one hundred percent right. Probably not. No, probably not. And that is the money question about him. How much money should he get? You're gonna have to pay him. You're gonna have to. And so you want to see how he fits with everybody. You're gonna want to see how it all works on the field. Because in theory, Kyler Murray delivering the ball to DeAndre Hopkins, Hollywood Brown, and Rondell Moore should be 
unstoppable, right? I mean, it should, you just that that should be the kind of stuff that gives nightmares to defensive coordinators. Those three wide receivers, I want to see that. But you're right. You've you've you've. I can't imagine they're not going to pay Hollywood Brown. You can't give up a first round pick for a guy who's going to be here two years. You just but what's can't. the value? Yeah, and that's right. And the he, question oh, is, what is it? I want to you, like you got to pay him. AJ Brown right. money, right? Are we talking about? Are we talking about Tyree Kill money? You know, are we talking about what well, th- th- these receivers who have gotten these new deals, these crazy new deals, the last year or so? Is that what you've got to pay him in order to make this work? I I don't know. I I, I mean, I don't think his agent's going to be like, you know what? He was hurt, so we're going to give you a discount. No, he's a twenty five year old wide receiver. You trade a first round pick for like there's a premium for you to resign him. No doubt, because you you know how bad is it going to look if you don't resign? him it's going oh it's gonna look really bad that's, right. well that's why i almost think you can't you can't do that if you're steve kime you can't not sign him that's just that's all kinds of egg on your but face that's the same for the first round but man, we, we just ran into this problem with deandre Ayton and kyla murray i know <clears throat> like are you got to keep signing these guys are we signing guys out of fear or are we signing guys because they're worthy and they're going to be great for the duration of the contract 100 percent. because as we talked about with Ayton and as we talked about with kyler a lot of those deals the, the, were signed out of fear just oh my god what happens if we don't what if we don't or what if there's no value and and we're, we're setting ourselves up for the same conversation with Hollywood Brown here. No doubt. That's a good point. That's a really good point. Um, Kyler Murray, still day-to-day. Here's what Cliff said about that yesterday. It is, yeah. We want to continue to progress him and see, you know, where that thing's at. Playing the 49ers, I mean, that's a a D-line that you better be full speed and be able to run and move and do the things that he can do. So, uh, we'll see how he feels Wednesday and and try to go from there. Yeah. We won't get an injury report officially until Thursday. Certainly, you know, He's obviously their franchise quarterback. He's if he's 100 percent healthy, they're gonna play him. It's just a question of would they play him if he's 99 percent, 98 percent, or do they really want to get him to 100? One to protect him, and number two because low key they kind of want to get another look at Colt McCoy to see how he does. I'm still I'm still kind of curious about that. You know? Yeah, I, I, I mean I, I get it, and I think that he's gonna have to be very very close to 100 percent because there is a there is I wanted to see Colt McCoy play last week. Now, do you ride the hot hand? He had a game against San Francisco last year. He tore him up. He had a great game. They beat the, they beat the hell out of the 49ers last year, like 31-17, to 17, and he was the quarterback, and he had a really good game. So he, he played against them. He led the Cardinals to a victory against them last season. He played well last week against the Rams. Sunday against the Rams, it's like, okay, do you just ride that hot hand? I think a lot of people would like to see Colt McCoy back out there. I don't think... I think if Kyler's healthy, he's the quarterback. Because I don't think the Cardinals right now, I don't think they could. I don't think they could go to Kyler Murray and say, hey, I know you're healthy, but we're going to sit you. Why? Because we think Colt McCoy gives us a better chance to win. I cannot for the life of me see them doing it. I can't. Maybe it's the right thing to do. But, man, I just don't know if they've got the cojones to go to Kyler Murray and say, you know what, we're going to bench you this week. Yep. Because that's what you'd be doing. That's what you'd be doing. I think you're right. And I I think you're right. As much as I'm tempted to want to see Colt McCoy again this week because the offense just ran so much functionally better with him, 
Kyler Murray is their home. He is their franchise quarterback, good or bad, right or wrong. He is the one. They, they, they chose to go into this franchise quarterback relationship with each other. And when you've got a franchise quarterback, you just don't bench a healthy guy like that for the backup. It's just not how it works in this league. It doesn't. You so. can, but what are the ramifications? Right, like right. I said, his psyche. There are how much damage could you do to his psyche if he's getting benched for Colt McCoy? And then real quick, I know we're going to send it to break, but and I know this has been covered in the update. I'll, I'll cover it again real quick. Eno Benjamin claimed today by the Houston Texans. They were number one on the waiver wire, and they took him. We got a report from Howard Balzer, who had reported that the Seahawks and the Chiefs also made claims on Eno Benjamin. And, of course, there are reports now from Kent Summers that not only was he not happy about not playing against the L.A. Rams, apparently there were some words exchanged with an assistant coach as well sometime in the aftermath of that. And that was, in part, why Eno Benjamin was released yesterday. Yeah, it's one of Cardinals. three reasons why he was released, but that is definitely one of them. Yeah. Is, um, you know, what, what Kent is reporting about the incident with the, with another coach. Yes. Can't have that. You just, you can't. No. Not, uh, especially not unfortunate. when you win a game. Yep, can't have that. When we come back, if the Phoenix Suns want to win their first title, should they go after a guy who's won four and maybe available in a few months? We'll talk about that coming up. Burns and Gambo. And Gambo. Afternoons on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Is there like a way to get LeBron James to Phoenix? Is there like a way to get LeBron James to the Suns for the Devin Booker CP3 and Aiden? Wait a minute. There's a lot of draft picks that the Suns have. There's familiarity with James and LeBron, um, you know, general manager. And, you know, I just I get this inclination that I'm not sure the Lakers are going to want to be all in. I don't think they're going to be able to turn things around. And there might be a rebuilding process. And in the process of that, who better than a trade partner than the Phoenix Suns, who feel like they're always right there, but just seem to not be able to get over the hump? That was Jay Williams with Wolf and Luke today. Gambo, I, I don't know why today became designated, let's talk about LeBron going to the Suns day. We actually, when was it that we brought it up? We brought it up Thursday or Friday of last week, I believe. And it was, we just kind of backed into the conversation more than anything. We were talking about, I think, Kevin Durant. And you had asked me, okay, given your choice, who would you rather have at the end of the season if both were available and you could trade assets to get either one, LeBron or KD? And and I had said, without hesitation, LeBron. And and I still very much believe that, by the way. I, I, I still think that all things being equal, if I were the Suns and I had a chance to get either guy. Now, with a caveat, and you brought this up earlier, and, and I, I'll, I'll change my answer just a little bit. If you can go get KD now, this year, to help you out for this postseason... Well, then I changed my answer. I want KD, okay? Because I can get you know, if I can go get KD in January, I'd rather have I'd rather have KD in January than LeBron in August, you know, or in September, because that gives me a couple of postseasons to go at it with KD as opposed to maybe just one with LeBron or two with LeBron. So. Um, but I'd rather have LeBron. I just think his game is going to age better, and I don't think he's as fragile as Kevin Durant is. I worry about Kevin Durant kind of long-term staying healthy. Yeah. That's the one I would choose. Who would you choose? I would choose LeBron, too, even though he's like four years older. Um, 
I like, but again, I I I likened it to: Do you want the bone-in ribeye or the bone-in New York strip or the bone-in porterhouse? Like, you know, it's just man, you can't go wrong. If you have Kevin Durant, you probably win a championship. If you have LeBron James, you probably win a championship. Yep. You know, you probably win a championship with either one. But LeBron can play better defense. LeBron can really get you to free throw line more than Kevin Durant can. He gives you. You know, LeBron can still shoot the three. He'll he'll still drive. Like there's a presence of LeBron presence that LeBron brings that um, that KD. I think they would both be extremely motivated to win. I think so too. Yes. I don't think either one of them would get here and want to. Like I think both of them would be like really into winning. Um, so I don't think you lose anything there. Intangibles. I mean. Uh, yeah, God, when you play with such great players like that that want to win, I just I don't know if there's any advantage for either one of them intangible wise. LeBron is clearly, clearly older by a number of years, but I do think that that I would prefer LeBron over over KD. I just think that it, just health wise, I could trust him a little bit more. I think. Yeah, and that's kind of how I feel about him too. Now, again, just to reiterate this, a lot of this LeBron talk. First of all, and this can't be said enough, nothing can happen with LeBron this year. He cannot be traded anywhere this season. No, um, next year. So it'd be a next year thing if it were to happen. The reason why everybody's talking about it today, in addition to what Jay Williams said with Wolf and Luke. There was a story that you had forwarded to me. Um, Rick Buecher was talking to some unnamed Western Conference scout who had mentioned, you know, when when L.A. blows it up, and L.A. is going to blow it up because that thing's not working, and it's really obvious they've just got a bad mix there, the Suns would be perfect for LeBron James. It would be perfect for him to go there, um, to, to play out the last part of his career, knowing that he still wants to play with his son at some point. It'd be Chris Paul. It'd be James Jones. It'd be, you know, all the guys that he'd want to play with or for would all be here. And so that's kind of what's fueling the talk. Again, nothing can happen with LeBron James until the start of next season. But he, there certainly are a lot of logical reasons to think why he would want to come to the Suns and why the Suns would want him to come to them because of what he would bring. There's no doubt. Well, he's got to believe that there's absolutely no no path to winning with the Lakers. And I think that that's, that's being confirmed this year. Not only is there no path to winning, they're a terrible, terrible basketball team. They were built the wrong way. They've got no depth. They uh, too many star players. Um, one that doesn't make the sacrifice necessary for the teams. It wasn't built together the way James Jones builds a team. Now they got their one championship in the bu- in the bubble, but Anthony Davis is always hurt. Russell Westbrook doesn't fit. They've gotten rid of a lot of the key you know key role players that they had on that team in the bubble. It's LeBron just has to realize that I I can't stay here. I can't I can't stay like it's it's not going to happen. I don't have ten years to rebuild here or for five. I don't know, five years. Where can I go where I can win right now? What better place than Phoenix that's never won a championship? I mean, honestly, like, is there a better spot to go? You want to go to the Clippers? No. You want to go to the Warriors? No. Yeah. You want to go to a young team like Memphis and New Orleans? I, I don't think so. I mean, I really can't. I can't. Celtics, maybe. The Celtics with Brown and Tatum? I mean, maybe. But I just think that LeBron, his best fit would be here because I think that they would be they would be the odds-on favorites to win it by a lot, they I would. think, if they, had, if they had LeBron. And I hate to keep making about that. Not that me, I'm making it about this, but I, I think some people would. The proximity to L.A., I think, would matter because he's, he's rooted in L.A. He's obviously, you know, branching off, has been branching off into the entertainment industry for years, so I would think he'd want to, 
like Chris, would want to maintain close ties to the L.A. area. And obviously, it's just a quick, you know, hour-long flight on his private jet from here to there. It wouldn't be that big of a deal to go home when he wanted to go home. Obviously, there's the relationship with Chris. Obviously, there's the relationship with James. Clearly, Devin Booker has become kind of a pied piper of sorts, whether it was the Kevin Durant flirtation all summer and now the conversation about LeBron. It'd be, you know, that kind of pairing that you could you could win a title with. And, and you're right. Look, I've, I've always maintained that the Suns are basically like the Boston Red Sox or the Chicago Cubs of the NBA before those teams got those World Series championships, right? They're, they're the most decorated franchise in the NBA to not win an NBA championship. There's nothing left for them to do but win a championship. If LeBron is the guy who brings that here, it's kind of the same conversations we had about KD over the summer. I mean, think about how revered you'll be in this city. As much as we might hate LeBron up until this point, he comes here and he leads the Suns to win a championship. Man, where's the statue going, right? Like, what corner are we putting it on? Build it. Let's go. Is Put that thing any, up. Is there any chance that this could turn into Shaq coming to Phoenix? Sure. Shaq came here at 35 years old. I think he was 35 when he came here. Played parts of two, uh, played one full season and in part of another with the Suns. Wasn't able to win that championship. Yeah. Is there Great a players. They yep. brought him here. They thought he would take him over the top. Is there a you know chance? You know what the difference is? What's the difference? The difference is the Suns had to give up Sean Marion to get Shaq. This, this, this Suns team would be given up. They're not going to give up. To get LeBron, they'll give up all the draft picks you want. Times have changed. Times have changed. They're not going to give up Mikhail Bridges to get LeBron for one year. So... It would have to be the you know the expiring contracts and all the draft picks you want because they're not going to you know teams have learned. I'm not going to give you my core. That's why they don't have Kevin Durant. They weren't going to give the core. So it's not like I'll give you a great player for your great player. That defeats the purpose. I want your great player with my great players now to win. I'll give you every draft pick under the sky that I can give you and any expiring contracts you want. Back when the Suns traded for Shaquille O'Neal, it was one really good player for another like older really good player. Like it was it was Marion. If the Suns would have kept Marion with if the Suns would have gave up a bunch of draft picks for Shaq instead of Marion like then maybe they would have won a championship, but they had to give up one of their three best players in order to get Shaq. I just think LeBron's game is aging and will age so much better than Shaq's. I, I just think that LeBron takes such great care of himself, and let's be honest, Shaq did not come here in the best of physical condition, right? He was not that dominant guy, whereas LeBron has done a really good job of taking care of himself, his body, and his mind, that while he might might not be the same guy he was even three years ago, five years ago. When he's you know physically able to play, that dude can still dominate in ways that Shaq right. never could at that stage. Now, this is interesting. Sean Marion went to the Heat. His first year with the Heat was that 2007-8 season. Okay. Right? That was 2007. Right. When Shaq got traded. When Shaq got traded for Marion, the Miami Heat won 15 games that year. The fir- 15 and 67. The first year? of so the first, first year, year when they, year when they had Marion. Shaq and they traded him and then Marion oh. came. Oh, I see. I see. Okay. okay. And then the next year, the next year, they were 43 and 39. They were basically a 500 team. Like, they would have been better with draft picks. 
They would have been better not having Matt. They would have been better with a whole bunch of draft picks. They now, I think teams care more about the draft picks than they do about, oh, let me get try to get equal value back. Yeah. Because for so long, I mean, it was hard to make a trade without, you know, because you were going to get killed if you were trading a good player and not getting equal value back. When we come back on the Burns and Gambo show, why has DeAndre Ayton not lived up to dominating? That's coming up. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Burns and Gambo, what's on tonight? Locally, nothing. Not much. Nothing. Not, not much. Not much. <laughs> nothing. Nothing's on tonight locally. Um, that doesn't mean stuff at all. Yellowstone's Yellowstone started last night. I, uh, it's uh, Sunday, and that actually might be what's on tonight. I haven't watched it. There was like um, nine, no, sixteen million people watched it. It was, it was like across all the platforms you possibly could have watched it on. I think it debuted to an audience of like sixteen million, which just blew away last year. I like it. It's not that it wasn't a thing before, but Yellowstone is very much a thing. <laughs> like everybody watches this show yeah. now. So um, it's a great show. It's good. It's, it's a great show. It's good. Yeah, there really were, like there it. were a couple of plot lines last year that it's like, really? I mean, I mean, like, really? But for the most part, it's really good. I'm voting for Beth. Well, I mean, whatever she wants, I'll vote for her. She can run the country. She'll kill you if you don't. I, I mean, know exactly. That's the thing. She'll, I like exactly. She'll, she'll absolutely, you know, that's humiliate. I put Beth in charge. Embarrass you. She's in charge. Yeah, okay. I put her in charge. Yeah, yeah. It's just it's just when the when the when the the brother went out into the wilderness, you know, for like a whole like three nights, right? And like starved himself and oh yeah, was seeing yeah. visions. I'm like, really? This is what this is what we're doing. I wasn't a big I mean, fan of that, but you know, whatever. yeah, it was some, it was a, it was an Indian ritual. It was yes. No, it wasn't. It wasn't that I was anti that. It just seemed like as a as a storyline, it didn't really have anywhere to go. You know, gotcha, like it's gotcha. sort of sort of like what are we doing with this character? That this is all we've got left for him to do. So hopefully they come up with something better with him but it's ripping beth's world man we're all just living in it we really yeah. are there that's rip. a that's america's couple right there rip ripping beth. beth that there you go there's your there's your ticket right there vote ripping beth <laughs> exactly uh so what's on tonight hey whatever you want to be on tonight you know you want to watch nba basketball there's nba basketball just not involving the suns you want to watch the nhl there's the nhl just not involving the coyotes and if you want to watch college basketball there's plenty of that on tonight just not involving ASU or U of A. So there you go. That's what's on tonight. Whatever you want to watch. Week 11 of Bix Picks is underway. Text the word PICK to 62620. Sign up and compete against Dan Bickley for your chance at the grand prize 75-inch TV courtesy of Corona Extra. Weekly winners will receive an NFL jersey of their choice and a $50 gift card to cold beers and cheeseburgers. Text the word PICK to 62620 to enter. DeAndre Ayton, we've talked a lot today about the free throw uh, disparity in last night's loss to the Heat. The Suns attempted four all game long. DeAndre Eaton didn't attempt any all game long. And we're now, you know, 15 or so games into the season, 12 or so games into the season for the Suns. DeAndre Eaton has not live up, lived up to the expectations that that contract kind of gave, 
Why is that? Why has he regressed, I think, is the question a lot of Suns fans want to know. Yeah, I think it's something we talked about last last week a little bit. The, the way that the Suns are using Chris Paul is really having a negative effect on DeAndre Ayton, like a true negative effect on DeAndre. And, you know, it's not so much as the screen and roll game anymore because Chris is not take, taking – Chris does not have the ball as much as he used to. Sometimes Chris is just in the in the corner, you know, wait, waiting to see if he'll, get, he'll take a three. But have another guy bring the ball up. So the screen and roll game that DeAndre and Chris were very good at, they don't have that as much. And then with the switching on defense, you know, a lot of times you're seeing DeAndre find himself out on a perimeter guarding somebody, not by the basket. So his rebounding numbers have suffered. His offensive game has suffered, you know, a little bit. And he's, you know, he's not a guy. It's it's unfortunately because it's unfortunate because he's the one guy on the team that you can't throw the ball to who could create off the dribble. I mean, almost everybody else can. Even Bismack Biombo can, you know, DeAndre's not a guy that's going to put the ball on the floor, dribble a few times, you know, maybe once, maybe twice, but for the most part, you know, he's going to catch it and go up. He's going to catch it and go up with a little hook shot, or he's going to try it up and under, or, or a little fade away, um, but he's not a guy that's going to get the ball. You, you're not going to give it to him and have him back a guy down. He's dribble, 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 back him down, back him down, make a move to the right, and then go to the left and score. That's not his game, so it, it, it's it's a struggle for him not having that screen and roll game anymore with, with Chris. Yeah, yeah, there, there's there's that, and and I don't deny that for a second. And last night was a good night for him on the boards because he had the uh, the eight offensive rebounds, and and that that's a number I've always kind of used to measure, quite frankly, effort from DeAndre Ayton. That that's one of those things where he should be able to to dominate the offensive glass with his body and his positioning and all that stuff. Um, but there is there, there's been I I think. The dependence on Chris Paul, and while I agree that's definitely a thing, I think there was a hope that his offensive role was going to expand. And I know that's been tough without Chris Paul, but I I was hoping we were going to see different elements to his game this year with this kind of contract. And if anything, it's contracted to a certain extent, right? His his game has kind of shrunk a little bit out there, and that's not what you expect to get for $130 million. And listen, if this continues, there's going to be Rampant trade speculation come January. Oh, yeah. Just rampant. Just trade speculation galore. If he's not having an impact on the games the way that, you know, we expected him to, and they can and they're fine without him, like yeah, that that's gonna start back up. Now I don't know that anybody's gonna trade for him because, you know, they're seeing the same things we are. And it's thirty million dollars. And it's you know, that's there was a, nobody was only Indiana was willing to sign into an offer sheet and it took forever to do it. Yeah. That's gonna do it for us here on the Burns and Gambo show. We are out of here. We're gonna see you tomorrow straight up two o'clock live from the Footprint Center here on the Burns and Gambo show. Have a great night, everyone. You're still here? It's over. Go home. Go.